podcast that allows you to just wallow in the past people say not to do that we say just do it forget future the present bathe in the dust bath wrap wrap yourself in a nostalgia blankie how about that this is the podcast where you can do that we're not going to judge you for just putting your face right into 1970. 1970. So uh, in that intro, just for those who might be curious as to what you heard, that first up was Five Easy Pieces. That clip was from Five Easy Pieces. That was Jack Nicholson at really kind of where he created his Jack Nicholson persona. I think well, isn't it isn't him shouting at women. It is. It's a big, well, and then they praise him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's a group of women that he's shouting at and then another group of women where that are kind of his groupies. I think it's, he's like a wealthy guy and he, but he works on an oil, he's rejecting his wealthy, his wealthy family. Jake Giddis, right? That's Chinatown. Yeah, either way. I, I'm not sure what his name is, but the famous scene in there is where he's ordering toast and the, yeah. the server doesn't... You I think know, it's I think not a dumbfounded Karen Black. <laughs> for, it could... Well, it's not, but it's, it's <laughs> of the mold, I think. Anyways, uh, back... Uh, the next up in that intro is Willis Reed of the New York Knicks coming onto the court in Game 7 against the Lakers. It's important because he was... He was a disembodied spirit, yes? And it was... Close. He was injured. An undead wraith. Yeah. He, he was injured in, prior to that, and they didn't know if he was going to play. Was You're he going to play? Thinking of Shrug. No, it's the same storyline. Every five years, it comes out. Every four years, I guess maybe, it comes out with the same storyline. This year, it it's was like Willis Reed. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, he came out. It was a big thing in the in the garden. You know, was he going to play? And then there's famous footage of him limping out, and uh, the New Yorkers of the day. Went ape shit and uh, all murdered each other. Look at that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Next up on there is a personal favorite of mine. McLeod debuted on NBC. That was McLeod having an argument with uh, his boss. And McLeod, as if you don't know, was a show in the 70s. He was a cowboy from New Mexico. Specifically Taos, right? Yeah. So if he's going to solve a crime in Taos, it's about like amethyst theft. <laughs> Or yeah. someone not grokking the vibe of the Taos home. <laughs> right. Overcharging for incense, maybe. Yeah. But he's in New York City. He's he's yeah. For some reason, he's on payroll as a special investigator for maybe those types of crimes. Yeah. I, I feel like maybe the writers just looked at a map and, and did no, no research whatsoever. Well, yeah, and, and possibly Taos was not quite that yet in 1970. My experience is... Certainly in the 80s and beyond. It's a favorite show of mine because they always had to figure out a way to put him on a horse yeah. and ride through the city. And uh, <laughs> in New York City, he was a he was like a cowboy cop for some reason on loan from New Mexico to solve specific cowboy type crimes in the, the cattle city. rustling yeah. and Central there was Park a cattle recently. rustling. Did he ever episode. just ride a guy at Boots and Saddle? Yeah, <laughs> it might have happened. I don't know. I didn't get. Too far. That, that would have to be a lot of the humor of that show. What's that? Go, hey, McLeod, your fetishization of the West makes you popular with the homosexual subculture <laughs> of yeah. New York City. And he would say, "Well, I don't know about that." <laughs> but then he, he knows. Well, he's, yeah. he's putting it out there. Yeah. yeah, he would make movements with your hands. Yeah, yeah. With he's seen hands. the Village People. They had the Village People at that point, right? Not quite. Know, he could have been, been, the, he been the inspiration of yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And then last up on there was Apollo 13. That was the spaceship, <laughs> the rocket that had a little trouble up in space. The little pod that... That couldn't. Yes. No, but then they became heroes because they, they were able to get themselves down. That they, they made a movie about it. 
Um, not a not an engaging movie, as I oh, recall. I thought it was I thought it was very engaging. Huh. Maybe I was just uh, not in the right. I, th- I think you were just bitter at that time. I was mad at the moon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As they were too, because they didn't get there. Yeah, it was yeah. one of the tragedies of that. Yeah, but I think they threw garbage at it. I think though, in that movie, the whole thing starts. You have to. They asked uh, the astronauts to stir something up in the tanks, and that's always like from now on. If you ever hear that, just don't. Don't yeah. stir things in the tank. Don't stir the tank up. Yeah, because right after that is when things went to shit. Yeah. Advice to live by. So what we're gonna do on year of the week is we're gonna go down through the year. We're gonna nail the headlines month by month, month telling by you month. what it was like to be alive in 1970. Yeah, and I'm just gonna say these are the top headlines. There is nothing else that happened during the year. <laughs> if you're an AP student, so this in is history. This is a complete history of 1970 in, in an hour. This is all. This is all that mattered. Exhaustive. Yeah, it, it's exhaustive. And uh, yeah, if, if everybody pay attention, don't go get a soda. Don't listen to this while you're driving, because every second it's going to be packed with meaning. Well, if anything, if anything happened that isn't on this list, it didn't. Fuck it. It didn't count. Yeah. In the scheme of things, right. Uh, and so, if you were born in 1970, sorry, you're probably, right. probably not mentioned. You're meaningless. Yeah. Right. As we move through this year, you're going to hear examples of what was in the airwaves or the movieplexes or on your TV screens. If you want to know more about that stuff. Go to yearoftheweek.com and check out the blog section. And we may have a special guest. Here's what we have. We have a machine that allows us to speak with the people of the past. I mean, we discovered this machine. What do we decide to do with it? Start a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We, we could have killed Hitler. Right. But instead, instead. we were going to make an unsuccessful podcast. Yeah. Well, that'd be if we could... I, I imagine it coming through like a screen somehow. Where we couldn't really kill Hitler. We could only see Hitler's face and hear his voice. We could we could berate Hitler. Yes. Right. Yeah. We could berate teenage Hitler. But then he'd end up just matter. I think, yeah. yeah, I think he was berated enough. I we could go was... back and encourage teenage Hitler. You know Hitler what, there's, and... a, there's a chance he wasn't. There's a chance he just had this pumped up for his whole goddamn life, and then he didn't get into the right art school, and he just became a real fucking asshole. I also have a fourth member of the podcast. His name is Griffin. He's a dog. In case you hear him, he's acting pretty well right now. But there'd be a throaty whine. I'll, I'll lead off. This is the top headline of January. January 26th, Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones was fined 200 pounds for possession of cannabis. Grass. Yep. Tea. Witch. The witch's hair. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm not as... uh, I'm not as steeped in weed lore Uh as you guys are. I'm not saying that you're all-out drug addicts, but... No, I'm glad to hear that. I, no, but you know, my, in case my mother hears this, I want to make it very clear that I'm not in any way a drug addict. Yeah. But continue. Both Danny. of you are wearing kimonos for some reason. <laughs> I don't know if that's a drug culture thing or it's a whole different subculture. <laughs> okay, but this was 1970, which means that the real crime here was that that was some really shitty weed, some stress weed. <laughs> even even the weed Mick Jagger had was totally bunk. <laughs> there was grown in a ditch somewhere, and he paid too much for it and you'd probably have to sit there and just smoke joint after joint before you eventually just got a headache and passed out in Marianne Faithful's lap I imagine which I'm sure they're happy to do I'm sure yeah you could have a worse afternoon but uh yeah we'd come a long way is oh, my okay. understanding it's come it's better yeah yeah the, they do some sciencey kind of shit now. You know, you know, it's like grown in pristine conditions in Colorado. Humboldt. Right. right. It, it doesn't say anything about where he was or any of that. Well, it's just a town, so it must have been London or yeah. something, right? Or maybe he was in some provincial small town and they really stuck it to me. Or maybe it was just like a pounds of uh, like cannonballs or something that he was fined. Like, not money. So the, he, had, he, had to, he had to bring 200 pounds worth of stuff <laughs> yeah. somewhere. I mean, that's how I read it. <laughs> like, I don't know what you mean. I'll give you guys a bunch of bricks. It's all right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Your choice, sir. <laughs> maybe he brought in, um, probably, uh, what's his name? Wasn't Didn't weigh that much. It's Keith like, Richards? Yeah, that's several maybe Keith, Keith Richards. Several, maybe a Charlie, maybe Charlie Watts and yeah. Keith Richards together was two, 200 pounds. <laughs> in a bathtub. <laughs> yeah. Soaking wet. Here's your 200 pounds. <laughs> when did he start doing like the chicken dance? Move? I think he was always doing the chicken dance. Or what is the that? Chicken that's, dance. It's not that's the chicken what, dance. It's the what it's would like you? Just strutting, sticking his head out. Yeah, showboating. Yeah, 
pumping his chest in and out like a... Yeah, what, yeah. I mean, what is, what is... Where did he get the idea that he was sexually attractive to women? He sold it to people, so it's on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he, he put it out there and people picked it up, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're on... Yeah, it's just... Uh, it's all about confidence. I think he yeah. did pretty well with women. Yeah, well, see, it was different back in the in the late 60s and 70s as well. It was just like, if you were on TV or anything... I think I'll give a rock star still, but people weren't that great looking. I right. remember just being horrified by him when I was a kid. I was just like, "What is he doing with his face? Why, yeah. why is he doing that with his?" The mouth? whole band. I didn't. You couldn't yeah. look at. Oh him. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it wasn't like in college. I was like, "Oh hey, this band the Rolling Stones. Have you guys heard this? This is <laughs> yeah. pretty good." Yeah, these like, are <laughs> these are pretty good. But like, yeah, the uh, yeah, he was. Uh, I wasn't emulating him as a child. Yeah, maybe you we know? were all just sexually stressed out by his the, like magnetism. It's yeah. Just, Fish-like face. <laughs> Man, whole top cocktail is a mixture of gasoline and kerosene. White basketball is a mixture of bullshit and guys. So next we're going to move on to February. And speaking of music, Black Sabbath's de- debut album is released February 13th, which many regard as the first true heavy metal album. Well, there'd, there'd be no Federico Cardunia, I think, without Black Sabbath. If, if they invented heavy metal, Fed is a, a metalhead. He's a hesher. <laughs> He's a man who rides his bike around town listening to uh, really out there German industrial terrifying music. So I think we should let Fed discuss this. The significance of this record. Honestly, I came to Black Sabbath fairly late because I, I consider myself very Catholic in my musical tastes. Where <laughs> I, I do like a lot of the heavier stuff, but I also like a lot of the, the the lighter stuff as well. The thing that I remember from our childhoods was that he ate a bunch of doves. He ate some yeah. things like he I, he like chewed on a goat. I think perhaps. he did actually <laughs> bite a dead dove. Or... Yeah, right. He bit a dead dove. This story is his his girlfriend and manager at the time. He was walking to, into a meeting with uh, some record executives, mm-hmm. and his girlfriend, uh, as sort of a flourish, had these live doves fly into the room, and Ozzy was tweaked out of his fucking head, and he sat down, and he grabbed a dove and bit its head off and sort of spit it on the table. Oh, like it was a can of Coke. Right. Um, <laughs> that you did. That. Which, which, was, that way. <laughs> which, which didn't go over well. But but then it grew into the stories you're talking about that I heard growing up that like I always heard very specifically that he bit the head off of a bat. Yeah. Makes sense, right? But then also Alice Cooper would do fake versions of some of that stuff, so it was all very confusing. <laughs> I think like it was the punk rock Gigi Allen who would really yeah, like do awful. Did, yeah, but he would do like like god awful things on stage. Yeah. He and would I, I think fuck shit. Yeah, he <laughs> would, and he would shit fuck, which <laughs> is like, did he you... ever fuck the bullshit, <laughs> cousin? I <laughs> imagine not I, until the nineties. Right? I, yeah. I think Ozzy ended up getting a lot of credit for Gigi Allen's uh, yeah. psychosis. Did this start all of the Satanism stuff? Like, was he? A, was he I think they would the really a... make it. You know, they would say rock was Satan's, but then people would be like, "Oh, I buy that because of Black Sabbath being like a black mass." And, and the pentagrams, and so that was their that was their deal. Yeah, pentagrams. And... But I mean, Led Zeppelin was pretty occult worshipy as well. Yeah, but they were sort of Tolkien occulty. Yeah. You know, like they, these guys are a little people. darker. They, they're from like an industrial part of England. One of their like... names is Geezer. Which <laughs> you gotta love. But like, like they made this like really dark, nasty music. Which must have sounded amazing at the time. You know, yeah. like when everybody else was like these hippies and it was all spiritual and love. I love that one song where he's like, boo. It just starts like deep. The Iron like, Man, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's scary. Yeah. As a kid, that would have given me nightmares. You're right. Yeah. And at the time, it must have been a lot more powerful. But you know? also, the other thing I remember is you'd see these posters of some in some dirt bags, like, why am I in this kid's room? Like, you'd be in some kid's <laughs> room that you did, you're like, oh, God, I got to get out of this whole family's yeah. house. And they'd have posters of this shit up there, and he'd, they'd have, like, Ozzy just all sweaty in concert. Like with no shirt on and just be like, you know, makeup kind of. Yeah. I was always, I was kind of impressed because he was like, that's not some guy that should have a shirt off in my He's never in terrific shape. He was yeah. never a, a taut fit kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He but somehow he had the, body. He did this. <laughs> he, was a, 
Yeah, the idea that he was shirtless because he couldn't find his shirt. <laughs> right. Rather than he would just show up. He had a shirt failure <laughs> earlier in the day. And, yeah. <laughs> he lost it to a tricky dog. <laughs> yeah, so he, but he, you know, I'm sure he had no problem with the ladies as well. Well, yeah, I don't know. A different sec- you think he did? He was pretty bad. <laughs> I think he was severely fucked up. I mean, like, I think if you wanted to blow Ozzy, you had to do that real early in the morning. Because <laughs> like, by noon, okay, it was so already you, over. You're saying, okay, so not the same category as Mick Jagger. Right. No. Just right. slight, maybe like a A minus. <laughs> Mick Jagger's A plus. Yeah. Maybe B plus. Right. How about a check minus? <laughs> <laughs> check minus check, check being acceptable <laughs> just barely acceptable right. a mechanic in the air force I was being transferred on a Mats plane 20,000 feet one of the windows shut the guy sitting next to it was about 170 pounds he went through that little space like a hunk of hamburger going down a disposal alright so uh, kind of a daisy chain here uh, in March we got Charles Manson releasing a hot record which he used to try to fund his criminal defense for kind of killing people. <laughs> Suspected at this point. Yeah. Well, he, he, never, he never pulled the, the knife. That's true. So, like, the Helter Skelter <laughs> trial was happening in 1970? Yeah. That... I think that someone awarded him, like, the Man of the Year in 1972. You mean, okay. like, Time Magazine or something? It was probably, like, Rolling Stone. I don't Something like that. Something douchey. Yeah. So he released this album to pay for his defense, and the band was made up of his Manson family. He's like right. squeaky from on bass and right. like that. And so what people don't know is like, he, I guess maybe people, a lot of people know at this point, but he had like a lot of ties to the Beach Boys. Yeah. They were all like out there surfing, and he like recorded a bunch of songs with Brian Wilson, and there are never been released yeah, or was, something. They, were, they wanted to kill Brian Wilson, Dennis Wilson, but he, I, mean, I hope I'm getting that right, but they wanted to, he believed he was going to get a record deal from, I think, Dennis. When they did not get that deal, he was mad. So, as it turns out, Dennis Wilson used to live in the home that either the LaBiancas or the Tates lived in. Oh, man. So they just were stupid assholes who killed people because they couldn't figure out who the people were in the house. And good couldn't didn't get their record deal from a secondary beach boy. Yeah. That's nuts, though. So they're, he's sitting in a jail cell, and somebody's, like, all of this atrocity that he's orchestrated, and somebody's in there saying, dude, you gotta, you gotta get this, this music out. this on wax. You gotta get this out there, man. You gotta, you gotta get your music out there. Like, people were so... Don't hide your light under a bushel, man. Yeah, they were just, like, so on drugs, as you two. Uh, no, they were right. just, like... They're didn't... almost as stoned as being fed <laughs> imagine it yeah no but like circling the moon <laughs> just the fact that that's what came into somebody's head or like the uh, jail time visit was like this is this is the your best choice is to release this album and then to get it out there maybe even more amazingly Guns N' Roses covered that song <laughs> From this album, twenty okay. years later, perfect. Yeah, yeah. is it called like "Look at Your Game Girl" or something like that? Like that's a shitty move. I mean, like I know nobody like feels great about Roman Polanski <laughs> these days, but like if you're Roman Polanski, it's like come on, <laughs> like like that's not that's not great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roman, Roman Polanski is a whole other can of words. <laughs> right, right. So we're yeah. talking about Roman Polanski because his wife at the time was one of the. Yeah. Ones that was murdered, Sharon Tate. Correct. You don't see mass murderers making records making anymore. records anymore. The current style of mass murder is like you blow your whole wad one day. Right. Like you you walk into an office or a school and you shoot thirty people. Right. Instead of like, you know, you, you craftily do it over the course of years <laughs> you know? right or you, they don't like make an album i think it's it's on youtube i mean i think oh, every noise ever made by humans like <laughs> recorded on youtube he's also yeah. very was very short i don't know how much that plays into this like tom cruise yeah yeah is it a coincidence uh, perhaps so how yeah. short was he like three feet tall are you saying i think three feet tall yeah yeah he's a, i think i just said it was three apples high oh he's so a, he was a smurf yeah a smurf i think he was the inspiration for the Smurfs. He was like a non-blue Smurf. Yeah, the guy in Belgium said, this guy has good ideas. Yeah. You'd like to have the commune together? Maybe make the um, the little guy with a hat. It's funny, I think, if you look at Gargamel, the resemblance is striking, except for the height, obviously. So maybe there was a combination of the two. Somewhere in the middle. And and look, this is pretty well-trod territory, too. But if they're three apples high, how are they finding mushrooms? This controversy comes up in every episode. Yeah, this is another one. Oh, cold, cold, cold. Oh, cold, cold, cold. 
Let's move on to April. By the way, these are the this is the top. Nothing else happened. No, nothing else important happened. Right. In yeah. April. April, President Richard Nixon, that was a president at the time, signed literally <laughs> what he called uh, what was called the Public Health Cigarette Smoking Act into law, which banned cigarette ads on TV in the US. So what the tobacco industry decided to do, so they took all the ads off of TV, but what they decided to do was they marketed to kids to affect their perceptions on cigarettes. And then by 1991, more kids recognized Joe Camel of Camel Cigarettes than Mickey Mouse or Fred Flintstone. Fred Flintstone, I, I kind of get. Yeah, God, I hate the Flintstones. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that, I, that's also, I, I think, something I've talked about at length. Yeah, we, we don't have it to... Is? That's how I hate the Honeymooners and the Flintstones. Yeah, I like them both. (laughs) (laughs) There were kids really liking Joe Camel? He he seems like... uh, grotesque. Yeah. He, he always, no, he always well, has. I think that they just recognize him. Maybe, and you know, they. I guess we've never really seen maybe the ads they're talking about where Joe Campbell was overtly like being cool. I, I, well, no, time, he was like was a cartoon he like character. He, cheetah or he, something, or like, yeah, I, he, mean, I think he was just everywhere. You know, to see a Mickey Mouse cartoon back in the eighties, where would you see that? Well, they, you yeah, might they, not they see also that. hadn't ever. I think they haven't made a Mickey Mouse cartoon in probably. 30 years with that. Right. So, or, you know, in Fred Flintstone, what about Tron? They should have, you know, or uh, yeah, Optimus they, Prime. They were smoking in Tron, correct? Yeah. <laughs> and in the Transformers. The were like, they'd grab that disc and like... Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're kind of, they're throwing the disc, but the real thing was to see you could smoke faster. <laughs> well, also, no, but like in all the cartoons, like uh, there was, wasn't there uh, like a Decepticon that was just like a cigarette and that would transform into a robot? Or didn't they no. have a whole line of he was, toys? He was a cigarette and he would transform into pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> rich flavorful satisfaction yeah so they came out with a bunch of toys that were modeled on cigarettes as transformers that became pleasure well i mean i guess candy cigarettes were probably pretty big at this point oh yeah we'd always get those candy cigarettes well they had the two kind that were just like a stick of sugar yeah which yeah this was good. that was, it was like, basically like a piece of chalk right of sugar it just but they sold like which is a testament to kids wanting to fake smoke yeah and we just also had but then they had the gum which came in the paper, which you could blow. Like if you took it and blew it really hard, some bubblegum dust would fly out, so it looked like you were smoking. Oh, I don't remember that. It oh, sounds yeah. horrid. No, like, it was cool. But also, that that's was... not how you, you don't smoke by pushing smoke <laughs> through a well, cigarette. There's a flaw, yeah, because when I picked up smoking, I did it all wrong. I also put as many as I could in my mouth, like they on the yes <laughs> in the Guinness yeah, picture. Yeah, I was just honestly thinking about that, and I was like, well, how would you how would you seriously breathe like that? That would have been horrifying. What I don't think that the Guinness guy he, he had uh, he, he died instantly. Out of his <laughs> I mean, it was right. it was worth it, but like. That and was the, it for him. In the <laughs> caption, like, it says, moments before death. If you look in the back, his wife is crying. <laughs> they're begging him to stop. But <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> the whole thing with Joe Kim was like, I remember reading when I was a kid, it was subliminal advertising, you know, yeah. and, and, and they would they would say like, you know, Joe Kim looks like a, a penis. Yeah. Which and I didn't like, get because I was looking, like, always looking for an erect penis, which right. it's not. It's a flaccid penis. No, it looks like a penis and a vagina at the same time wearing sunglasses which is cool like a a William Burroughs character yeah but like, yeah. like, what part of my reptile brain is that supposed to appeal to? <laughs> like, it, it, like, it goes I mean, far deeper than you like can e- imagine. Even if uh, you just love penis, like mm-hmm. it's <laughs> like whoever loved penises, you saw the penis. For whoever loved, it loves, you know, you know a vaginas, penis you, and testicles. Yeah, whoever loved, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. whoever loved, they, it. maybe it was the late labias <laughs> and sunglasses, and plus he was doing think cool things like driving cars and boats and uh, like no ski jets and he yeah. was. Simultaneously, a big pile of genitals, and yeah. it was water skiing or something. You yeah, know, like, you'd be water skiing, or uh, and you just couldn't help yourself. Next thing you know, you're smoking. Yeah, and it, like yeah, and then it's a lifelong pursuit for you. Out, out of else. every orifice, <laughs> right. it did look like pleasure. I reveal my inmost self unto my God. In May, 100,000 people marched in New York City to show their support for the Vietnam War. So the, uh, this... The, is this the hard hat riot or whatever? No, I don't... No, I think is, it's just I, to remind people thing. that every, when everyone gets a sense of like an era of being cool, you forget 
how horribly uncool everyone really is. <laughs> so e- even in the amongst the hippies, there were people that are like, God, I, I hate that person. But there are people who were really clinging to the sense of identity, the old ways. They were against free love. Yeah. They were against having a good time in a field. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, ladies, put your tops on, please. Yeah. What are you doing? This is unacceptable. People are scared. But this is the thing, like, why? What were they supporting the war? They were actively also... They just saw people they didn't like the look of saying there shouldn't be a war. So they went, I, I, I like this war. Right. This war is really good, actually. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to go to this war. What yeah. about the domino theory? <laughs> North Vietnam Falls, What what's next? Cambodia and then Bangladesh? Did then da- what? This is just a, a side, but the, did Domino's Pizza mm, piggyback that is, on that whole theory? I yeah. think it, it is, the, it's the Noid. It was it's the essentially, no- essentially communism is the Noid. He comes knocking and tries to ruin your pizza. <laughs> it was better than the Godfather's theory, though, because uh-huh. that was just really disgusting. <laughs> Nobody uh, liked that. Yeah, what were, what else were they afraid of? Uh, like, oh, uh, they're, yeah. They probably st- wanted to get VW buses. Well, they're the guys who are around our way. We're the ones who are still listening to Frankie Valley. We we've all seen what happened in a Bronx Tale when the kind of <laughs> bikers came in and they got beaten up by the uh, the neighborhood guys. Not not a one of them was probably into rock and roll. I have to say though, Frankie Valley did record Grease, the song Grease, later on. So that but he was, has, he didn't know that he that was, leads, he was a, gives him a little a subject of fun. There's also just to take a brief step back in the Bronx Tale. When during that scene, the big fatso at one point just rams his stomach into a guy in like pro wrestling style. It seems to have caused him great pain and maybe even to lose consciousness. The fatso or the no the, the guy on the receiving the end of the fatso belly mm. is the biker is crippled by it. Okay, well, that, that's we'll where those to... Italian American gentlemen grow those. It's a self defense <laughs> mechanism and it's a very effective one. Yeah, you don't really know what's inside that belly. It could be like a <laughs> <It's>, knife. <laughs> well, you do know, and it, it's, oh. it's pizza. Oh, um, pizza. But, like a, but you get a enough of that together, hanger. and you can oh, really, it's a like... critical mass. Yeah. If you uh, maybe down a sharp crust or two, right. that could <laughs> really, really do some damage. Right. I, I mean, mean to derail there, but that was just always a striking no. image to me. They're against daisies. Yeah. yeah, certainly against flowers. Flower haters. <laughs> They probably wanted to the, the, the keep having crew cuts for boys that have, have a sensible bob for Yeah, girls. they didn't like hair. <laughs> oh, Cute. we have a special guest yeah. with us. And you are. Hey, my name is Tommy. Tommy. Who's I'm it? assuming you're uh, one of the protesters since that's what we're talking about. Yeah. You were protesting for supporting. No, war. I wasn't protesting. I was supporting. Not a, I wasn't mad at anybody. I was just happy about war. Oh. Yeah. Just Tommy? Yeah. You want to keep it last name? Yeah, because I got some. I got people holding paper over me. I can't put my whole name out there. Okay. So t- describe the scene. Describe the scene out there. It was a ma- it was a magical scene where you could imagine the hut talking a hundred thousand people. We're talking Sun Devil Stadium. It's transplanted on the streets in New York City. All right. Okay. And we're all there with the communal love for war. <laughs> Each one of us thought the war was great. We was holding hands if we were married. Otherwise, we kept the filthy hands to ourselves. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. All right. So it sounds great. Yeah, it was crew cuts. Mm-hmm. Girls was wearing sweater sets. Mm-hmm. Mary Jane shoes. I was wearing floor shimes. <laughs> What's a, fl- a floor shime? Yeah. It's... You didn't know what a floor shime is? Yeah. No, it's I never a heard shoe that. you put on your feet. Oh, <laughs> I suppose it's a shoe you put on your ears. I don't yeah, we came out there because we were sick of seeing these kids thumbing their noses at our America. We got together. We we, we really went for it. We had, we had a couple bands play. Lawrence, which, which bands? Lawrence Welk. <laughs> Did Shanana make it? Shanana was not welcome because oh. they got they were from my neighborhood. As a matter of fact, they got too big for their britches uh-huh. after they did Woodstock we gave them a bums rush <laughs> kicked them out of the hood wow out of Bensonhurst they're out of here yeah we had a big fat guy <laughs> run up on him smash his belly into one of them Bowser <laughs> broke his spine 
Wow. Poor Bowser. Dude, he was got... his fist stuck in his mouth? Yeah, like the way he did that? fist went down his throat and broke his spine through his neck. That was the original wow. Bowser. Oh. Yeah. He was like Lassie. They had <laughs> so many Bowsers. It's like a, like a roll of paper towels every time you need a new Bowser. The laboratory of Bowsers. Wow. Sick science going on in some of these basements. How did you hear about this? Pro- how did it get together? Like, how did how is this organized? Like, yeah, how did that happen? How we did were you know, wherever you would be hanging out at the time, whether it was uh, CYO or it was uh, American Legion, mm-hmm. where the kids would hang out. Yeah, it'd that- be as a poster for it. Said so you would come out, go to like a, it's like it was like imagine a sock hop, except you got shoes on your feet and you're helping people do war. <laughs> what are your favorite things about war? Well, you got burning crops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Driving over stuff one. in a giant truck. Okay, you hear about that? You get to eat the Vietnamese food, you know? Oh the yeah. Pho, oh, the, uh, the oh, me. Like, I don't eat nothing stuff. but meatball sandwiches. <laughs> I don't eat nothing but them because you don't know what's in nothing if you don't. Well, three yeah, a day meatball sandwiches. Yeah, right. meatball meatballs sound kind of dubious as well. Nah, right? it's this guy Paul. Okay. He makes every sandwich I ever had in my whole life. (laughs) I can't travel unless Paul's with me. (laughs) Paul dies, you're going to starve to death. Now, are you going to war, or are you... I was going to ask, like, how you personally are here and not serving in the war, as as a war enthusiast. Paul's 75 years old. He can't travel to be in hell. No, but... Oh, I see. uh, So you got out on that? Did Paul give you a note? I would die. Paul can't write. I can't write. (laughs) So, you, but did you get drafted or anything? I don't know. I'm not on paper. No, actually. I, I said I didn't have a name because people would get me in court, but I don't got no last name. But do you I'm think... a foundling. <laughs> but... We meet so many foundlings. I was found in a booth. <laughs> but that... Found in a booth, Danny. <laughs> no, I'm going to cry my eyes out. Nah, that's nah. good. I go like... <laughs> By Paul and Meatball Show. <laughs> so you're, you're a big fan of war, but you're not willing to go fight it. Or you can't because no, of Paul. I can't. I would do it though. I would like. I would like to be part of it. I like to do my part for his country. How do you feel about uh, Muhammad Ali? I like to find the world's biggest boot and put it into his backside. Oh, okay. So Tough in words. no, in no uncertain words. terms, is he welcome around where I am currently enjoying myself? <laughs> <laughs> what about Jane Fonda? Oh, Hanoi Jane. Yeah, her. S- it's pretty good. <laughs> She's good looking, right? I mean, yeah. come on. So this whole free love thing that's going on, what doesn't? You're not against it. I'm no. against it because oh, it's hippies it. doing it. Oh, I see. So you're yeah, you tell, you show me a hippie, I show you guys probably done a number two in a field. I think that actually we can't argue with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's just solid reasoning. Is it? But have you ever have you ever gone to the bathroom like not in a bathroom before? No, <laughs> really? No, I ever. No, I never. You've I'm, never peed on a car. What? Never know every person <laughs> on my block. I'm not going to pee on that car. Have you ever traveled outside of your block, outside of this protest? Yeah. Yet? I got, like, one time I went to Queens and I got, it was late for lunch. I, I got low blood sugar and fall one day, so I passed out. I ended up in that, I, that big cemetery. <laughs> I thought I, I think was, I know that one. When I woke up, I thought I was dead. Because you were in that cemetery? Yeah, that was a ghost. None of, none of <laughs> us is anything about Queens. You, you weren't buried or anything. You were just in the cemetery. No, I was above ground, but I figured if you're a ghost, you float up out of the ground anyway. Yeah, because why would you be in a cemetery if you're not that, dead? Well, be, well, so imagine, or a if ghost. Was, imagine if you was a ghost trapped on the ground. That would be so scary, you'd go crazy. That's, so how'd you get back to Queens? Did Paul come pick you up? I don't know. I was blanked out. What's the deal with uh, Paul, though? What... What does he do? He just lives to serve you meatball. Does he do anything else? He's a nice guy. He makes meatball sandwiches. He, he does sells what the big people. fat guys in Bensonhurst do. He makes meatballs. Who else? Paul's not like. a big fat guy. Paul's oh, a very slender mistake. man. He's almost oh. a, he's a, almost gaunt. Oh, he's a eating disorder. He doesn't eat so he's got a high metabolism or something. Oh, okay. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> it looks pretty good. It looks like you ever seen Phantasm? Yeah, it looks like yeah. that guy. That, How did you see Phantasm? Tall though? man. <laughs> What about I see it? Yeah. I use this this time machine. You got me already. I forgot. I knocked you guys out and watched Phantasm. Oh, that just happened. Oh, shit. We got to get more controls on the knobs. There's a thing that says knockout gas on here, so I pushed it. (laughs) I told you not to put that on there, Brian. No, No more knockout gas. It's a classic Brian move. 
Sorry, guys. It's, I sort of want to talk like him, you know? Yeah. You know, like I kind of want to... Was it tall man? No, like you. Not, oh. not Phantasm. <laughs> like Tommy. You know, like I kind of feel... It's regular. It's, I don't know. If you guys have an accent to me, you talk funny. Yeah. Yeah. We, like, We're uh, from like mid-Brooklyn. You're from South Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm from the South of Brooklyn there is. <laughs> have you gone... Have Under you, the scene. <laughs> are, you, are you a high school graduate? Okay. No. Yeah, that's, that's okay. none of your business, Dan. <laughs> hey, mind your business, all right? I, that was a kind of a snobby question. <laughs> yeah, right? it's, you judge me. No, I'm just asking because you know, I'm like doing a survey. Judged, I do. It feels like being stung by a hundred bees at once. Yeah, exactly. I would call it that. I just, if you have your druthers, how long would you have the Vietnam War last for? I think war should go on forever. Forever. It's like in uh, 1984. Okay. Peace is war. What? War is peace. What? He's talking about the the classic George Orwell novel. Oh, okay. Yeah, War is Peace. Uh, strength is Ignorance. Yeah. Uh, love is... Uh, Did love, you read that book in high sandwiches. school? No, it was, I, I thought it was a newspaper. <laughs> Either way, you can't read. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I had a cartoon cat that I hallucinated sometimes read it to me. No. Anyway, that, that's I, gotta, I gotta go. There were oh, 100,000 of these guys marching in the street. Oh, man. Yeah. Tommy. It was, it was a, a, what a lesson. pleasure to meet you, Tommy. I like, Tommy's I like that guy. He was <laughs> all right. You know what? He's a straight people, shooter. People thing. base <laughs> presidents on, like, if you'd like to share a beer with them. I'd probably like to share, like, a couple beers with Tommy, but after that, after the next 100 or so, I, mean, he might, I feel like he might get, some like, a little dangerous. Yeah. I hope he's well. To Tommy. To Tommy. <laughs> the yeah. thing with Dash. the free love is it seems, in it's hindsight... Probably, it's probably like the weed, not not great quality. <laughs> <laughs> it's more about quantity than quality, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I feel like it's kind of probably gross, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of probably what we know about sex is, is taken from the you know, kind of more ex- explicit material that we're exposed to, where these people, probably at some point these people were still thinking that sex was bouncing up and down on each other's butts. Because they'd never seen it happen, right? Or and it, no one was there to tell them. They had no education about it, yeah. or the educational films that they had about it were laughable. The yeah. human race could have just gone extinct, yeah, if uh, if it weren't for these brave hippies who, yeah, really taught or, us all how to fuck. Someone learned by watching people get out of the field, and, and really, some say gave birth to Joe Camel because he's like free love personified in camel form. Right. You know what? The, I, I always feel like those. It's just a giant pile of <laughs> genital flaps. <laughs> Right, smoking a cigarette, yeah. sunglasses, <laughs> just a Geronimus Bosch like nightmare yeah. come to life. Yeah, from free love. Free love, right. free love is never free. That's why in the eighties, you know, we turned back to the yeah. to the conservative side. We 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 focused again on the family. Yeah, yeah. If you were going to have sex, Reagan was going to tell you when to do it and how to do it. <laughs> right. And it was with the lights off. Yeah. And uh, weeping inside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> weeping. It had to be on a bed. Bouncing on each other's butts. Although I saw a lot of movies where it happened in showers and elevator shafts, not shafts, but in an elevator. Well, that was body double. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, we're all in the same fatal, movie. Fatal attraction. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I think it was a requirement of the 80s to have a sex scene in an elevator. Yeah, not a sexy place, elevators. I mean, as New Yorkers, we're in a lot of elevators. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never thought I'd like to get down in this tiny little room. Yeah, I mean, so that's where the free love ended up moving. It went from the fields of the 70s, mm. open and free, mm. into the elevators of the business and Wall Street of the yeah. 80s. What, what, what we're getting to here, 1970, is how we're getting from the flower child, smoking grass, making love in a field, to the button-down, broad-shouldered, power-tied executive of the 1980s. And that's the first step along the way is 1970. Very nice. <laughs> and it ends with the presidency of Donald Trump and then yep. here we are the, the end. end right it was frightening just that he was sick of me sick of women sick of women he actually said that yes June we're on to June the who as we know Fed's favorite brand of all time are the first to perform quote rock music at the Metropolitan Opera House and they played Tommy that, that album is considered to be a rock opera 
what was the whole thing? He was a it was a pinball he was, wizard. He was blind. Is that the thing? Deaf, I think deaf, dumb, deaf, blind. deaf, dumb, and blind kid should have played a, a mean pinball. Mean pinball. Couldn't get away with that now. Yeah. Just because no one <clears throat> plays pinball anymore. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That's true. There, there's this. We we went to uh, what was Asbury Park. Yeah. Went Fed and I with uh, with our, our ladies, and we went to the pinball museum. Thanks for the invite. Oh, I remember. I woke up and I I invited Fed, and I said. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Dan because he would fuck it up. Yeah, um, gotcha. I, I think we we all got bored really quick with the pinball. Place, didn't they're, we? They're, fair, like... they're fair. The difficulty versus fun is a, a troubling ratio with pinball. I think like if you just, I mean, back then the lights that was exciting. People had seen lights yeah. before yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, it was mostly people, candlelight. There were, in 1969. There would smash <laughs> lightning bugs on it. <laughs> On a surface to make a light. <laughs> There's right. going to be like a marquee. First of all, marquees are the one that could happen on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And then they would have to kill millions of fireflies too. Yeah. Do you know how they did fireworks around the same time? Is they got they collected a bag full of fireflies, threw them up in the air, and then shot them with a gun. <laughs> and then just kind of exploded and people watched that. So yeah, so pinballs. Imagine you're coming from that place and you see a pinball machine. Yeah. Mind blown. Right. So, uh, but that doesn't explain why Tommy was so good at it. What we're getting here is taking us from a babe playing with a, a horse on wheels mm-hmm. to a child now engaged in extensive online role playing. And this is the first step there. <laughs> the pinball right. machine. Gotcha. Question is Did Roger Daltrey have a shirt on at the Met while he was. I've never seen him with wearing probably, a shirt. Uh, probably, and it was probably buttoned all the way up to his navel. You think? You know? <laughs> like. <laughs> right. Like, I, I, I have a vague, rem- like, after 9-11, there was the concert in Madison Square Garden to, like, you know, make money for people. And they played. And it was really exciting. And I, But I'm pretty sure... He was wearing a loincloth for that, you know, that somber occasion. And he was like 65 years old. Still looking good. He was no Ozzy. Like, I think we've fat shamed Ozzy enough this evening. No. Wasn't fat. I it's, wasn't saying he was fat. I'm just saying. It's just, just a mess. Right. I am not somebody who should be going on stage without my shirt on. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm in the same boat but as that's Ozzy. that's because of the racist tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> Which you can, you can contact. There's like a non-profit that'll take care of those for you. Yeah. You know, the Southern Poverty Law Center. Yeah. And then you can get a job at Homeboy Bakeries, too. You know, if it's on, my back, if it's on my back, I can't see it. Yeah, but it's not of there. Okay. I can gotcha. put you on my Please don't start that lot-of-dot shit with me. It makes me want to puke. Stay with your husband and your charming crew of friends. In July, American Top 40 debuts on the radio. And the, sorry. The countdown. I think that's. Oh, the countdown. It was still on when I was a kid. I, and I remember, for some reason, really giving a shit about yeah. like, and, and it was like it was on on Sunday nights, and you'd get to number one at like ten o'clock yeah. or something. I'll take to someone telling you that something is important as a kid, and you'd be like, okay, that's yeah. absolutely true. I'm gonna Isn't stay it? awake for this. So Casey Kasem, number one, was this guy. He played Shaggy in Scooby Doo. Yeah. He he did a lot of voiceover talent. I don't know. That who was Casey Kasem? Oh yeah, and uh, he and apparently and he's also maniac. There's a lot of um, outtakes of him acting like Bill Orson Welles, yeah. yeah, or or <laughs> Bill O'Reilly, or Alex Trebek. Yeah, any yeah. <laughs> any number of wait. Alex Trebek is losing his head all the time. You no, you've never seen that video of the drunken Alex Trebek berating his staff. No, with a beer in his hand while he's recording promos. No, no way. Okay, well we're gonna do that right after the show. <laughs> all right, so that so anyways, but Casey Kasem, yeah, he had that voice at uh, beautiful that keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Something he, like that. Yeah. He had that really weird wife, Jean Kasem. Jean Kasem, who was uh, Loretta. On Cheers. Right. Loretta? She, she, played, was, Dan, she was uh, drop-dead gorgeous. Dan Hedaya's uh, new still, wife. Okay. Right, after he, he and Carla yeah. split up, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think that possibly both Dan Hedaya and uh, Casey Kasem are Lebanese, if that means anything to anybody. Uh, well, Casey Kasem actually is a, a Lebanese Druze. 
which is a, a tiny little sect in, in uh, Islam where they uh, they don't marry outside of the, uh, the the tiny little sect. And yeah, they only exist in Lebanon. I know this because I used to work for PBS and we did a little segment about the Druze. So is wow. Hedaya also Lebanese? I don't know anything about him. I think he's Italian. No, no. <laughs> no, really? They had, they, no. They had so are you saying outside. that Shaggy is that as well? He uh, must be. Shaggy was a, a hippie. Isn't that his race and religion? Shaggy did. He He'd check that box and vote. Well, Scooby Snacks. They ate a lot of Scooby Snacks that made them excited. Yeah. If you were anywhere near our age group, you, you would at some point have listened to some awful person talk about Scooby and Shaggy being weeded all the time. Yeah. Oh, I thought you just were, they were lovers. Funny thing. But that's I mean, they're, what, they're, anyone who takes time to like really show you how dirty a cartoon is is just an awful person to be around. <laughs> I, yes, I made fun of the Smurfs earlier, but I got right off of it. And we're talking about extended it's monologues. It's like 10 minutes. Extended <laughs> monologues about, you know what Fred's really up to kind of thing. Getting mad blunted. I don't think Fred was, though. Fred, Fred had a big chest. Fred was a Republican. If anybody should take their shirt off, it's Fred. Yeah. From Scooby Doo, I'd like to see that. I don't think we will. I don't think so either, yeah. Dan. So the back on the top forty, though, you're right. I remember you'd hear it on the radio, and you'd or you'd like sit in your up, car, stay up late listening for number one. You know, yeah. they'd play all the ads and like, or they and they'd play like two like, songs. Oh, it was Night Ranger. Good. I was hoping it was Night Ranger. <laughs> was like, what the hell do you care? <laughs> right. You'd be, right. Like it made a difference. Like, oh, it was. Uh, I love a rainy night. Ready right. Rabbit. Great. He yes, really, he won. He deserved it. Oh, what? My God. oh, my life didn't change at all. Next, that next year it'll be at number two, probably, yeah. next, next week. Or I hope it's not, because I love that song. Yeah, Kenny Rogers, The Gambler, will be yeah. at number one next week. Yeah. For 12 weeks in a row. <laughs> Before playing with The Queen of Hearts by Juice but Newton. They would, they would play like, they would, he would talk, have a little history. And he would talk like this, and blah, 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 blah. He had a beautiful speaking voice. Yeah. Yeah. But Ryan Seacrest also, he does the top 40 now. That still exists, I think. Probably you're right, yeah. That is just amazing that anybody gives a shit. Isn't it strange? I mean, like, like, what do they base them on now? Like, well, sales, isn't it? No, it has to be like streams now because no one's, no one's buying No, people songs. are just guessing. <laughs> 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 they aren't even keeping track anymore because it's like hey, Kesha week, uh, sold six records this week. She's the winner. <laughs> uh, Gold Dust Woman by Fleetwood Mac. I'd say <laughs> still, still up, still kicking. Still, it's, God, uh, this song's going, got legs. Going, yeah. <laughs> this song has come from nowhere. First at the scene in 1964. So you're not married. Nope. Want to be? Nope. Don't you want a woman of your own? Share your name, bear your children, be a companion. They asked me to quit drinking, quit gambling, save my money. No, thanks. So, yeah, in August, August 4th, this happened. Uh, Jim Moore. This is a lot. This is a big music episode. It's mainly music, music, yeah. Mainly music, yeah. Uh, Jim Morrison was arrested for drunkenness. Uh, this was his final arrest before his death in 1971. Not the he, most famous arrest for him waving his peen. Correct. A little more info on the drunkenness. He fell asleep on some lady's porch and she came out to get the newspaper and tried to get him up and he didn't. <laughs> and uh, so she called the police and then he was arrested and fined. But uh, what Fed is referring to, right, he, in September of this year of 1970 is when he went to trial for what he did in a concert the year before, which was... He supposedly, supposedly exposed his, his flaccid penis. In the arrest where he pulled out his ween, supposedly, he stopped the band, went on a rant about love and hate. Are you guys gonna get you guys are gonna get your heads all wrapped around this garbage? It's your mom and dad's are telling you. I think it was deeper, though. Uh, he was a little he, he was going... You're all a bunch of fucking slaves. Yeah. Remember that? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe you like it. Maybe you like being pushed around. Maybe you love it. Maybe you love getting your face stuck in the shit. Come on. At this concert, after his rant, somebody in the audience poured champagne on him. And that's when he uh, took his shirt off, put it over his crotch, and simulated masturbation. With what, the record what, what shows. What an awful guy to be around. You love it, don't you? It gets worse. <laughs> so, anyways, he's at the uh, sentencing. He go. He's at court, and during the sentencing, he wears a wool jacket adorned with Indian designs to Good. just show how deep he is. And did they ever life. say thank you to him? 
<laughs> yeah. Native yeah. people the Mohawks and the Cherokees by Jim Morrison, <laughs> who supposedly got his powers by watching a Native person die on the road. Yeah. They never said thank you, and I don't think uh, the audience members didn't say thank you either for his uh, masturbation show. This year was the year that uh, Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix died. Yeah, and I would have and, said uh, he yeah. died too, but I, I thought they were like the trio. While no, he he, I think he made it into early seventy one or yeah. something. Right, he just upped the ante by getting drunk on some lady's porch. He's like, he heard about their deaths. He's like, you know what? This is what I'm gonna do. Blarg. I just like to see the scene of her trying to wake up Jim Morrison on a porch. <laughs> like, why did he choose this porch? You know, yeah. probably had like uh, an outdoor swinging couch on it. Let's call it like a what, what do you call that? One like of those, a swing? A not no, not a hammock. It's like a, a couch swing. suspended by chains. But yeah. a couch? Yeah, you're you like, a couch? like a wooden couch. Like a wooden, like a wooden swing. These would, no, these would have a rigid frame. They have sit three across. Mm-hmm. Right. And they have cushions. You, oh, call yeah. that, you call that just a swing? Yeah, it has like it's a more a than indoor... just a swing. I think you're being a touch disingenuous. <laughs> no, I think it's Jeez. a swing with that, like uh, <laughs> furniture seat pads on it. Well, I guess. I guess we have because if you say like a swinging couch you're thinking like you know you get brian sectional here you hoist it up with it's not that far from it oh that's what you're envisioning not envisioning i'm rem- i'm recalling what oh. i've seen before fed's done this i've not i've not fallen asleep on it i'm suspecting what's coming oh <laughs> no morris than i what he's leaving out is he's fallen asleep on suspecting women's homes <laughs> front porches yeah I've so been invited say, oh, to fall asleep I followed the before. hobo code if I saw the hobo rune on the curb <laughs> written in chalk that said kind woman lives here I would follow that do some mm-hmm. yard work get a pan of cornbread <laughs> fall asleep on the swing couch yes. <laughs> Now that guy can he can take off his shirt anywhere. Jim, well, yeah. up until a certain point. Okay, yeah, right. but still, I think he'd put enough in the bank at that point that he could just go for it after that. To me, because like once you've seen him, you can't unsee that. <laughs> can't. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. You love it. You're all a bunch of slaves. Well, you know, old chap, ladies of a certain age tend to favor polite and obliging young boys so do some gentlemen September 11th, never forget, the Ford Pinto is introduced. Yeah, infamous. It, it actually, 1970 was also the year of the AMC Gremlin. It was just, like, American cars were so, so shitty yeah. at the time. Well, people were always <laughs> drunk at those factories because, you know, you always want to support unions, but sometimes, you know, they allow people to not do the best work. <laughs> if our, one of our friends is looking to this, he's probably very angry at me for saying that's possible for a union to lead to. It wasn't so much the... Uh, Workers, I think it was also just the designers and like it was from the top down. It was everything was bad about American cars. I think the thing with a Pinto was that it blew up a lot. It had a tendency to blow up. Dan has some notes here. In nineteen seventy-eight, Ford recalled one point five million Ford Pintos and Mercury Bobcats in the largest recall in automotive history at the time. And in two thousand eight, Time magazine included the Pinto in the fifty worst cars of all time, citing the Pinto's rather volatile nature since the car tended to erupt in flame uh, in, in near and rear end collisions. <laughs> That's how they well, like everything sucked. Like I mean, the, your couch sucked. Yeah, your, your kids sucked. Your the couch, music, your couch music swings. sucked. Like, but I feel like if you had TV those, sucked. If you yeah. bought a car in the fifties, that car was just going to keep working until you drove it off a cliff because you'd had eighteen martinis for lunch, <laughs> well, which would be about a year later. So yeah. that was so who really that, knew how long the car would have lasted? That was the planned obsolescence of those cars. That's true. I think they did like a cost. They just gambled, and they're like, "Well, what this we will, just made it worse." <laughs> What a, you know, we can shave a few bucks off. We'll put the ga- we'll wrap the car with a gas tank. Right. And, <laughs> a gas bumper. Yeah, we'll sit the back seat where you put your kids. Right. Is also the gas tank. Right next to the gigantic cigarette lighter. Yeah, because it's cool. Gas is cool. You know, you kind of want that. Kids love gas. Yeah, kids love gas. Yeah. Yeah, the fumes and whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, those car cigarette lighters, those are the most terrifying things in the world to me because you know that like just inches oh, yeah. away. And I was, yeah. I was never tortured. But you'd imagine that, like that's all you can think of is like having your it's finger white, touching it. Hot coil. Well, you'd yeah. always be. You, you want some... to push it There's every all... time. Yeah, want to push it. Oh in. god, yeah. Then you'd want to see it. it, but it was so so hot. And then you wanted it like you. Well, if you looked at it, 
what was stopping you from putting your tongue on it? Was it was hypnotizing. It was like a 9-volt battery. Yeah. Like, is it a 9-volt battery, or is it worse? I don't know. I think it's probably way, way worse, yeah. dude. There was always, like, that friend's car, their parent's car, that had, like, those burns, mm-hmm. you know, like, on yeah. the seats, like... I don't know. It was that my was lowbrow. I thought yeah, it was like my car. <laughs> what? It was several of my cars. Why was that happening? I don't know, because you're like <laughs> driving along with this camel in your mouth, and it's like, then it falls, and you're driving on the highway, going, ah, oh, shit. You're trying to find But you put that thing in, and then you take it out, and you well, just yeah, jam it on that. the car, on right. the seat. You're spilling your Michelob left and right. <laughs> well, and in 1970, yeah, you had like a Harvey Wallbanger in your other hand. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. They had like, they had special shakers that came with the car <laughs> yeah they outlawed that we have to say that pinto was gave birth to uh ralph nader right people don't know maybe so much these days but was presidential candidate not so long ago but he wrote a book unsafe at any speed unsafe yeah. at any speed where he basically slammed all american cars but i think the pinto was uh top of the list well the people that probably have done a lot of good for the country but probably still not want to hang out with them <laughs> Yeah, he was he was proto Bernie Sanders. It was I was baffled that everybody was so a- attracted to this. What seemed to me like this sort of doddering old man. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the ageist. No, so many of my friends voted for him, and then we got the Iraq War. So right. thanks, Matt Conover, because I know you're listening. <laughs> we'll beep that. No, no, that's for you, Matt. Say, look, man, I ain't fighting for no race. I ain't a demon, nobody. My mama told me Mr. Lincoln done that. Ain't that why you shot him? All right, this so. one's dark. This one is probably the heaviest one we have. In October, uh, a guy kills a doctor and his whole family, people that work for the doctor. And that's Terrible. unequivocally bad. Um, we can all agree, I think. <laughs> yeah. But on the first day of court, he shows up. It does not say that he's representing himself, but I have to assume he's representing himself or at least ignoring the advice of counsel because the look he chooses is to show up with one side of his head, long hair and a beard, and the other side of his head, shaven, no beard, because he says this represents the duality of the hippie. Probably somebody went in there and was like, dude, do you have any music that you can release? Like, mm. Do you have an album that this you can one cut? Shot. This is your one shot. And he's like, <laughs> I don't have this. He's like, well, the only other thing I got is if you shave half your head. <laughs> like, totally bald. And just leave the other half, like, really long. And he's like, uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. You know, I murdered a whole family, but... And the secretary. Yeah. But, uh... She never saw that coming. The thing is, is, like, I wonder if he had done the hairstyle before before that, that might have been a red flag. Yeah, I remember once when I was working in the graphics department of a financial firm, not mm-hmm. not on Wall Street, but you know, in Midtown. That meant that I was editing PowerPoint presentations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Important stuff. Yes, but I was kind of kind of wanted to get fired, so like I'd shave most of, not like to the skin shave, but like I had like a. a very much lopsided mohawk where it was like it was like half of my I can't I can't think of a way to describe this accurately to people who cannot see my head but it was <laughs> this hair was still present and then went back down long on one side of the back of my neck Well, you had sort of an inverse mohawk no no it was just it was just uh, off to one side so like this was here and then it kind of winnowed out to that onto the side. So like, like something side you may like see tail. in like a Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh cartoon. <laughs> no, it was more like what you'd see like in a Mad Max. Okay, right. Yeah, all right. That, yes, that's what I was trying to think of. Right. Okay. But guess what? Uh, if you work in the graphics department of like a financial firm, they already don't care about you at all. <laughs> so however you The camera you look, stopped rolling immediately after the blast. The humor of the entire situation suddenly gave way to a run for survival as huge chunks of whale blubber fell everywhere. Pieces of meat passed high over our heads while others were falling at our feet. The dunes were rapidly evacuated as spectators escaped both the falling debris and the overwhelming smell. A parked car over a quarter of a mile from the blast site was the target of one large chunk. The passenger compartment literally smashed. Fortunately, no human was hit as badly as the car. However, everyone on the scene was covered with small particles of dead whale. November 8, Tom Dempsey, who was a punter or a kicker for the NFL, he uh, was born with a deformed right foot 
and some other problems. But he sets an NFL record by kicking a 63-yard field goal, which gave his team, the New Orleans Saints, a 19-17 win over the Lions, which were in Detroit. So he had basically, so yeah, he had a deformed left foot, and his he had a special shoe that was made that if you look at it, it's basically, you know, I'm just going to say the word stump, but that's kind of what it was. It was like this big flat thing. He was born without toes. Anyway, so he's kicked this huge field goal, and it was highly celebrated. I don't know if it's still a record, but it... um, It's not. It is not. Hmm. Okay. Well, it was at the time. But anyways, people thought it might be unfair because he had this special shoe. And then they did some research, and they said, actually, no, it would be much harder to kick a yeah. field goal like this. But before you jump to his defense, remember that whole Oscar Pistorius deal. <laughs> Just because someone's disabled doesn't mean they're a good person. Right. I'm not saying he's a good or bad person here. What I'm saying, though, is 64 that... 64 yards is pretty good kick, though. It doesn't mean you're a good person. It does. I don't, I don't know We're if We're not he's... in the good person Olympics here, Pat. It's, it's a very good... It was a good kicking. He kicked yeah. the ball good. <laughs> he kicked the ball good. He kicked... Well, actually, I mean, I, I don't... I, I know I should have said one. There is a quote in here that is I forget where this quote is coming from, but it has like a lot of how is it when you like instead of saying kicking, it's kicking. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a lot of apostrophes in this quote. It's like whoever wrote this quote was telling you that a hillbilly was speaking. Yeah, that he was a total <laughs> hillbilly. I mean, they found that it was actually harder for him to kick that field goal. Of course, it's like right. he had some magic kicking foot. Like... Either way, it didn't matter. The NFL added a rule that if you have that type of foot, you got to wear a regular shoe. Really? <laughs> yeah, because they're like, we don't like you anyways. Shit used to be different, everybody. <laughs> That's the moral of the story. So like... <laughs> Even if it was I mean, hard, how, how different? They're, they're still like, oh, you mean the the soft helmets won't make you have such brain damage? We like the sound of the hard helmets. <laughs> yeah. We want you guys to keep wearing them. Yeah, and we want the helmets to be louder. People so saw that harder. and they were like, how dare that cripple <laughs> fuck up our, our beloved right. game? Exactly. So then they made a rule. Yeah. Oh. Well, I don't think it's fair. Wow. Yeah, I don't think it's fair. You know, um, I saw the night, it was Monday Night Football with my beloved Denver Broncos when uh, they tied that record. It was like it was like oh. 1999 or something like that. And then a few years later, somebody beat it. And they had normal but shoes. Just, just, if you're not a football fan, 64 yards is a fucking long kick. Yeah. Like, that's really amazing. Like, yeah. like 50 is hard. I, I think, and, and for people who have never kicked a football, uh, yeah. like two is hard. I couldn't, I couldn't, I would just miss the ball and then fall over. Charlie and, Brown and stuff. And girls would point and laugh at me. Lucy. Yeah. Would again just destroy you. Story of my life. Is that who I think it is? Oh, Stumpy. December. Top headline. December 6th. Love Story. Film based on a novel by Eric Siegel, directed by Arthur Hiller, and starring Ryan O'Neill and Ali McGraw, is released. The the famous quote, of course, love means never having to say you're sorry. Well, Which is sort lo- of a shitty moral, if you Right. Yeah. That, was, that was the whole thing. So, like, um, well, this movie had, like, the top, it was, like, top 70s, Ryan O'Neill and, and Ali, Ali McGraw. McGraw. Biggest stars of the 70s is, like, opening up this decade. He was... Uh, rich guy and she was a working class gal and for some reason Ryan O'Neill's dad is having none of it you know what <laughs> I believe we watched a remake of Love Story together you and me didn't we I don't know what happens at one point is the bad no what am I thinking of you're thinking of Endless Love the one where there's oh, like yeah. the, the bad kid <laughs> right uh, tipped over like a heater on a bunch of newspapers or oily rags. We will come to that in another episode because it's highly revisitable. But it's 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 a it's a it's a theme that has long been, you know, explored with It's the oldest story in the world. It's the oldest story in the world. Maybe Boy Meets Girl. Boy Meets Girl. And then you gotta put a kink in and it. Then, like he's rich, dad, she's a waitress. Dad blah, is blah, blah. Uh, he's a waitress and she's a waitress and they steal <laughs> tips from each other. Yeah. And then they they fight. And then they the internet comes along and one of them doesn't like it. <laughs> yeah, but in in this case, it's the dad, and he says, "I will stop." The dad of who? I, Ryan O'Neill says, "I that poor girl will want nothing to do with this family." I think that's how it was, probably. And he cut off funds for Ryan O'Neill, and then it turns out she's dying. She dies. Spoiler alert. Yeah, of everybody illness, knows she does. Of illness. And then, Cancer, I believe. Okay. I think the beginning of the first line of the movie is, what can you say about a 25-year-old girl who dies of cancer? Mm. Okay. Yeah. 
Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. alert. Ishmael. <laughs> I mean, if you, get, if you get five minutes into the freaking movie, you're going to hear that line. Right. Seconds. And then, yeah. The so movie it... poster said, she gonna die. And it had a poster of yeah. Ally McGraw's face and an arrow pointing to her. And it says, no doubts about it. She means Ally McGraw. It had little stuff. X's over her eyes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And also spray painted, it said, the big C. Yeah, and then yeah. they would spray paint a picture of her as an angel playing a harp over that poster. Yeah, it all and got it said, there. And it's still Ellie McGraw. Well, the thing right. was, everybody hated Ellie McGraw. <laughs> she was awful. So people so came come up and just hoping to watch her suffer and die. Right. Oh, wow. But then they fell in love with the magical story of the rich man. Right. Yeah, the murder. Right. Yeah, and then, and then of course, the, the famous line, after she croaks, the dad says to the son, I'm sorry. She said, love means never having to say you're sorry, which doesn't make sense. And then he repeats it to the dad, which is powerful, but it still doesn't make sense. But people, put, people ate that shit up. I mm. think that they were, at that point, there was a dirt bike chase, and mm. the dirt bike's overturned on its back, and the back wheel is still turning very quickly. And the, <laughs> Ryan O'Neill's father has Ryan O'Neill's head being pushed closer and closer to the, yeah. the tire of the... And then he realizes as he's about to kill, certainly scalp his son. His own son. Then he says, I'm sorry. This yeah. movie sounds pretty good. Well, he thought he didn't. He really didn't. He didn't recognize his son because his son he just had demon makeup. From no, <laughs> <laughs> no. I was just gonna say he just had a beard. He just was a oh, hippie looking. You know, <laughs> half of his face. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what happens. He turns his head. He's he bringing the other it half all together. <laughs> that's that's the kind of comedy <laughs> magic you can expect here at yeah. the end of the week. So what did we learn in 1970? Well, there's it was cult madness. It was going from uh, peace, flowers. If the 60s were a rebellious teenager bucking at the authority, the 70s were that teenager having to get a terrible job and begin to settle down and make terrible decisions on its own. But instead of doing that, starting a cult and murdering people. Yes. I think 1970 was a really fucked up year. There was terrible government, the Nixon administration fighting a terrible war. 1970 was a shitty time to be alive. The Beatles broke up. Beatles broke up. Uh, lost Janice. Lost yeah, Jimmy. That's right. Mm-hmm. We ha- we still had Jim Morrison. Like it was a shitty year. Uh, it was still <laughs> it was still perfectly okay to say anything racist or homophobic at right. full volume. Probably pretty much anywhere in the country. You could just yeah. shout it in Yankee Stadium. It was yeah. preferred. If you <laughs> didn't say something racist or homophobic, uh, you were you uh, couldn't get elected. You were ridiculed. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. We're gonna tidy up this show. Thanks for listening. If you want more on this show, you can go to yearoftheweek.com, but also go to iTunes. Give us a rating. Look us up on Twitter at, at Year of the Week. Uh-huh. Or what's the Instagram? And we're at uh, Instagram is Year of the Week. Listen to the outro. It sounds like what you heard coming in, but it's going to give it a little hint as to what we're going to, the year that we're going to do next. If you can guess what the year is, you're going to win Year of the Week trucker hat. Yeah. No. Year of the Week. Um, a sub. Tattoo. A sub. Uh, you're the week sub. You're, you're the week energy drink. Uh, <laughs> anyways, if you guess that, email Brian or call our hotline. Leave me alone. Email Dan. Okay. It's a Dan's problem. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll win. But there, there's no winners here. But maybe you'll just guess <laughs> what we'll be covering next. You will lose least out of everyone. Yes. Yeah. So that was 15 minutes just there. No. <laughs> Listen to the outro with some hints for what our next year is going to be next time. It was toast. I, it was angry. <laughs> Listen to the outro. Why don't you sit your fat ears on this next <laughs> outro and tell me what you're hearing. <laughs> that sounds, this is just where we berate our yeah. listeners. Why don't you stop a train with your face? <laughs> Matt Conover. <laughs> the Iraq War is your fault. I just want to reiterate that one more time. Tonight has finally come for me, and I'm very pleased to be with you, Harry, and with ABC News. And later I'll have a chance to comment on my new duties. That's enough. With your wealth and power, he will establish his counterfeit kingdom here on Earth, receiving his power directly from Satan. No, no. What was the rude word? Shit. Good heavens, you got